Colossians chapter 1 again this morning. And uh, we're going to be in verse 24 down through the end of the chapter. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to talk about your ministry this morning, your ministry. And so let's look at our text this morning, and, and uh, then we'll get into the, to the Word of God a little bit. In, in verse 24, <clears throat> it says there, "...who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind uh, of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God." Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this ministry among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather around with the people of God today. And Father, today we pray that you bless your word. Pray that you do work in our hearts. And Lord, help us to be strengthened saints. And we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I hope you want to be strengthened. <clears throat> Brother Mike, I don't know. It seems like this thing's real hot. I don't know. I, Maybe I'm hearing it too loud. I'm not, I'm not sure, but um, <clears throat> as long as you guys can hear me, I'll, I'll, I'll not uh, uh, let it bother me. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Um, your ministry, we ought to all have a ministry. Amen. You do, whether, whether you accept it or not. But um, Paul, the apostle, um, he had a challenging life or a difficult life. When you look at it and you, you just think about uh, some of the things that he faced and and uh, even while writing this epistle to Colossians, uh, he's in prison at Rome. How many of us would have continued and, and remained faithful to encourage the saints? You know, many folks today would be in their pity party and, and sit in their cell and whine and cry about, oh, why did the Lord allow this to happen to me? And uh, but the Apostle Paul was, was committed to continuing the work of God, to, to continuing his ministry, if you will. And... and uh, he enjoyed life because his ministry gave purpose to everything in his life, including his suffering. There was benefit to his suffering. Uh, and, and we know that some people preached because of his bonds. And you guys are familiar with that passage, whether in pretense or in truth. He, he's rejoicing that, that the word of God is going forth and and uh, he's excited about those things, and he, he, he really gloried in some of his sufferings because and, and, uh, he understood that those contributed to the cause of Christ. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm uh, probably a little bit more bold today because of what I hear is going on in California. And the men of God that are standing up and, and saying, we're not going to close our doors. We're going to do what God wants us to do. And, and that ought to embolden us to do the same, even though we're not under the same pressures. And uh, the people of God, historically, when persecution happens, the word of God goes forth. Uh, sometimes we just need to stir it up. Maybe we need to be the one that's being persecuted. Or maybe we need to see the persecutions of another to be encouraged to be more bold in our faith. And uh, uh, the Apostle Paul was uh, excited about his ministry, even when his ministry took him to places that 
wouldn't be desirable. And uh, he's an excellent role model for us and those seeking to find their place in ministry. Um, <clears throat> every believer ought to have a ministry. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says this, For he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do this? Verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And uh, <clears throat> saints here is... Uh, the Apostle Paul, in, in the first part of this verse, in, in Ephesians there, he wrote to the saints and faithful brethren. Uh, the saints are all the believers. Um, and we don't have to wait until we get into a certain level of sainthood before we're able to minister. Uh, that's backwards thinking, really. And uh, we all ought to be involved in ministry, and our ministries are different, and we'll look at that a little bit this morning. And uh, we've all been given certain gifts and talents. Uh, they differ, right? And, and uh, <clears throat> for those uh, members this morning, God intends for us uh, to use them in the body of the believers. God intends us for, to use those gifts and talents. And if you don't believe me, I want you to go back home this afternoon when you're being spiritual because it's Sunday. And read Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as a reminder. It takes a lot of these parts and all these things within the body to make up the whole. Uh, our church won't be effective unless every one of us are doing our part. I'm thankful I have two eyes and not just one. Right? And, and it's the same thing uh, in our church body here. We each have a position in, in something to do. And, and uh, we need to be involved in it. And so today we're going to look at four things or different thoughts that I have this morning about having your own ministry. Uh, we need to have an attitude of ministry. An attitude of ministry. Uh, Paul writes he rejoices in suffering in verse 24 there. And uh, <clears throat> preaching the gospel landed Paul in prison. He's rejoicing in that. Um, when I began to think about that, and I thought, man, we get shy because our coworkers may ridicule us. Right? Let's be honest this morning. Right? Sometimes we kind of limit our, our, our uh, outreach because of what we fear what people are thinking of us. I'm talking about, we're with the teens on Wednesday, talking about fear can, can immobilize us. And several times in Joshua chapter 1, God tells him to be courageous and, and to not be fearful and to go forward. And, and why? Because you trust in what I've given you. I, I, but anyway, I won't preach what I'm giving to the young people. But, uh, but listen, sometimes we back down. The Apostle Paul's in prison here. And uh, not only is he in prison, he's rejoicing in his sufferings for preaching. Listen, this morning, our level of Christianity has changed today. The type of Christian the Apostle Paul is that we see in the Scriptures and the life that he lived is much different than what we see today, oftentimes. And uh, we have a shallow faith. Uh, do we really trust God? Do we trust in His sovereignty and that He is in control and and, and the most important thing is to step out in faith and be obedient to him. Uh, do we really believe that? And uh, <clears throat> Listen, we want to quit if things 
don't go as planned or they don't go as well as expected. I know I have before. I just want to give up. I ran a bus route and, and we did that for a, a number of years. And, and sometimes it's just like we're knocking doors, we're inviting people, and, and the bus is only half full. What's going on, Lord? I, I, why? You know, or you have a down week or something, maybe because there's a holiday, right? And, and uh, you've invested in it, and it's the 4th of July, and everybody went camping instead of coming to church. And, and you get discouraged, and we just want to quit. Uh, I, I submit to you this morning that the Apostle Paul had a different type of Christianity than what we see in our churches today. Here's a man in prison for doing right. For obeying God and doing what God had commanded him to do and called him to do, and he's in prison for it. And here he is, sitting there in a prison cell, suffering for his God, and he's rejoicing in it. Sometimes we don't even leave, leave church services rejoicing about what God in their hearts that day because we're discouraged about something. Uh, I think we, uh, we need to remember what it's all about. Uh, I remember when I came to the place in, in my life when the most important thing was having God's favor. Because, listen, we do things to please people oftentimes, right? And, and there, there are things that are perpetuated in our churches and, and throughout our, our Baptist communities, if you will, just because we're worried about what people are going to think. We need to get rid of that. Uh, if we're doing what God wants us to do according to the Word of God and, and God's pleased with us, we ought to lay our head on, on that pillow at night content and pleased that we have God's favor on our life and nothing else. And I believe that's why the Apostle Paul could glory. He didn't worry about the increase, right? We see these principles that the Apostle Paul shared with the churches throughout his ministry. Hey, you plant, you water, and God will take care of it. Don't get discouraged because that's God's part. Uh, God will handle those things. And, and Paul knew and understood that suffering and persecution are a natural part of building the body of Christ. Paul understood that. And he can glory in it. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of like being on the firing line. You know, and you just kind of accept it. Um, it's, it is, it's an expected part of things. And you've got to refuse to compromise and give up. Um, and, and so, uh, listen... In an attempt to avoid suffering, we are often tempted not to take a stand or to confront sin. Uh, we don't find that to be true with the Apostle Paul and, and many of the saints that we find in the, in the Word of God. And uh, Paul didn't give in to this temptation to just kind of compromise and go with the flow and, and just, no, he preached and he preached hard and he preached what God had given him. Uh, he, he sent some challenging letters to the churches. Uh, he dealt with difficult things. And, uh, uh, and, and no doubt he suffered by the hands of, of, of the governing officials of those, day, those days because they didn't like what he, they heard. And, um, <clears throat> but he rejoiced in the suffering, no doubt remembering the promise that it's going to come. And, and listen, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. There's going to be a day when it's all worth it. Uh, none of this is going to matter because we're going to reap one day. Uh, God will bring the increase in His time, and as He promised, it will come. 
and uh, it, it's coming. And, and uh, Paul would have rejoiced in his suffering even more. Uh, can you imagine if he knew that he was writing most of the New Testament? I mean, look how God used him. He didn't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he understood that what he was doing at that time. He was just ministering and encouraging the churches and being a blessing and doing what God had called him to do. He was just being obedient. And here God is, captured it in the Word of God, in the Bible. And uh, what a blessing. No doubt uh, that may have motivated him. Uh, but he didn't know that. He was just doing right for right's sake. Just serving God. And, and uh, in the latter part of verse 4, and it says, And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is in the church. And I believe the Apostle Paul understood he is participating in, in, in the sufferings of Christ as they continue in his body or in the church. And uh, <clears throat> Jesus is always honest with us, is he not? And he declares to his followers in John chapter 15, in verse 20, it says this, Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Jesus never lied to us about it. The Apostle Paul understood that. It, it comes with the territory. Uh, it comes with the territory. We, we just have to accept it. And Paul understood that his, to, in his own ministry uh, that he had to be a minister. Right? Uh, verse 25, look what it says there. For I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And so the word there, minister, it, it means to be a servant. We get the word deacon from that word there out of the, the, the Greek. And uh, if we are ministers or servants, what is implied there? That we have a master. That we have a master. And that was one of the things the young people learned yesterday. And, and uh, who is our master? Uh, Jesus ought to be our master. You cannot serve God and mammon. And listen, Jesus is our master. If you're going to be in this, if you're going to have a ministry, uh, listen, it's not very uplifting to be considered a servant in our society, right? That, that's not the, nobody wants on their door next to their office, my office says heavy repair superintendent, Master Sergeant Justin Nagarmo, whoop-de-doo, right? You guys don't care about that. It wouldn't be as glamorous if it said, Master Sergeant Justin DeGarmo, servant. But the honest truth is, that's what we ought to be. Not, not searching for the next duty title. I deal with that every day at work. I'm sick of it, right? Somebody, I got to get promoted. I, I need this position, that position, whatever. I, whatever, clowns. But anyway, but be a servant. And oftentimes what they miss is, is if they would just serve, it'll come. Even in the secular world, God will bless that. There's, there's principles that God put in place that, that God honors those things. But, but listen, are you a servant? Uh, that's what it means to have a ministry. It takes each and every one of us serving each other to make this church operate and function in order that we can reach the lost. Every single one of us have to have, we need a ministry here. We have those gifts. We have those talents. We have those abilities. God didn't bring you. You're not here by accident. You don't move across states on accident just to be here, right? 
You, God's bringing us together to serve and to have a ministry. Uh, some people have ministry with young people and, and, and young adults and teens and, and those things. And, and listen, I want to say this carefully, but the ministry of washing the toilet is just as important as the ministry of preaching from the pulpit. It all has to work together. And I'll tell you what, and, and I wasn't here um, when, when Brother Williams was here, but I guarantee you he did some cleaning throughout the years. I guarantee you. When there was nobody else to do it, guess who's doing it? In the midst of all the things of, of pastoring, and, and, and one of the things, and it was kind of funny, pastor made a comment, I don't, maybe I don't want to call him out, but pastor, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, he goes around and picks up people's junk. Men's prayer breakfast, he does it. I don't think I've thrown my own plate away for a while. He, he, hey, you finished there? Uh, and he does that. Family can't be watched. He does that, and he's serving. And uh, I'll never forget, um, when I was a young teen, I, I started going to church. I had got baptized. I think I was about 16, and um, I had to get permission from my parents, and uh, I was joining uh, the church that was in disagreement with my dad, and, and so um, I was expecting my dad to say, no, you can't. And, but he gave me his blessing, and I was able to get baptized, and I started serving in that church. And I'll never forget the day that I showed up, and Greg Boyle, the pastor, was cleaning the bathroom. He was just serving. Uh, start serving. If you're not serving somewhere in this church, you need to get started. I don't care if it's the toilet. I don't care if it's cutting the grass, whatever that, whatever the, what needs to be done, just start doing it. Uh, they, they say, see a need, take the lead, right? Get involved in, and we all, all have a ministry. Uh, and so our master is Christ. That, uh, if you want to turn here, you can. Second, or Philippians chapter 2, not 2 Philippians, but just 1 Philippians. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read these verses 3 through 8. When I was... Um, ordained as a deacon years ago at, at Faith Baptist Church. Um, <clears throat> I have a pen. I didn't bring it with me today, but it has uh, these verses on the pen. Well, at least the one, but, um, but this was the attitude that, that they wanted us to have as deacons when I was ordained as a deacon there. And it says, says this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let us each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Look at verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That is the example of our master. The one that we are to serve. And, and serve others. Uh, what an example. Uh, couldn't have done it better myself if I tried. Just being obedient... Being humble and having the mind of Christ. And, and, and whatever needs to be done, I'm going to do it. 
whether it's glamorous or not. It's not notable. Nobody even knows that I did it. But God knows. Uh, those are the important things, and they all need done in our church. And, and uh, <clears throat> Paul reveals another thought about being a minister of Jesus in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. It says this, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And, and so if you have the right attitude toward ministry, uh, you will want to learn as much as possible about the faith and doctrines. You're going to get in the book. I guess is what I'm saying. You're going to know the Word of God, and, and uh, you're going to understand those things, and, and uh, you will have that keen desire to, to study God's Word and hear it to be taught and to be preached so you can facilitate the learning of others. I listen to preaching a lot of time uh, just so I can get ideas and thoughts, and, and I just want the Word of God to be a part of my life. And, um, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but believe me, i got a long way to go. Um, but listen, this morning, we ought to be permeating those things, every aspect of our life. Um, in, uh, never mind, i got some thoughts for men's prayer breakfast, and, and uh, I was just going to spill the beans here, but I'll, I'll keep that. Um, uh, but an area of ministry you got to have an attitude of ministry, right? The attitude of a servant and, and to learn and to be instructed so that you can instruct, right? So you can facilitate the learning of others. You can't teach anything that you don't know. That's profound, right? That's bottom shelf stuff there. If you don't know it, you can't impart it, right? So I, I'm not, I, it's pretty basic for me because I'm pretty simple. But um, listen, you have to have that servant attitude and that, that servant's heart, but you need an area to minister in. And uh, the Apostle Paul in verse 25, in the latter part of that verse, it says, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And uh, the word dispensation there has, it means administration. It carries the idea of managing or a household or, or some type of an estate, that kind of an idea. And uh, Paul knew God had given him a certain area in which to minister. He knew it. Um, uh, Though it took some time, excuse me, Paul understood the area of ministry was primarily to the Gentiles. Um, Acts chapter 19 says this, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. In Acts 13, 47, it says this, For he hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should be salvation <clears throat> unto the ends of the world. And so, the Apostle Paul understood his area. God had given him a specific area. And, and listen, this morning, if you don't know what your area is, you need to find it. Get a hold of that thing. Talk to pastor. Talk to, uh, talk to the Lord about it. Uh, you know, but um, inside mama's womb, God took 23 chromosomes from your mom, 23 things, uh, lesser things, maybe I'll say, from your dad, and uh, so I know my kids got the short end of the stick on my side, but um, literally, I don't know how it happened, but I gave them the short end and I, they grew tall. I don't know how that happened. They, I didn't, those are coming from me. So uh, I think she does have some taller people in her family and I got a couple, but nothing like these clowns. At least I'm taller than my wife. But, uh, um, so I'm thankful for what God's doing with my young boys. I pray for them and 
And, uh, and, and listen, I'll tell you this. Thank you for praying for my kids. I know you guys pray for the teens and, and all the kids of the church. But, um, <clears throat> but listen, God, he brings that together in your mother's womb. And you're uniquely crafted. Uniquely. Uh, wonderfully, the word of God tells us. That you're wonderfully made. And, and uh, listen, he, there's a purpose there. It wasn't an accident. But God gathered those things together to create you uh, with a personality, with abilities, talents, and, and those things, and, and the intellect. Some of us have more than that of others, right? And I'm going to write, Brother Brett. So some of us are a little sharper than others. But uh, um, <clears throat> you guys in the back row, i got to give you a hard time occasionally. But um, God had a plan for you. Jeremiah 1.5, you guys I know are familiar with this verse, but it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Before all that came together in mama's belly, God had a plan. God crafted Jeremiah for the specific things that he needed. He gave him the talents, the abilities, uh, the mindset, the intellect, and all those things that he was going to need to do his ministry. And I don't believe it's any different for any one of us in this room today. It wasn't accidental that, that, that you were born and, and God formed you, uh, and God has a ministry for you. And, and uh, just like God knit Jeremiah together in his mother's womb, uh, <clears throat> with all those traits, he does the same for us. Listen, so we perfectly fit our ministry. And so you are perfectly fit for your piece here. And then the other folks in our church are perfectly fit for their piece here. And it's amazing how that body comes together. I'm not saying it's a good looking body. I'm looking at some of you this morning. But, but it's amazing how it comes together and it can function so well if we're doing it as God intended us to do. With humility and esteeming others better than ourselves. Right? It's when we get God's plan out of order that this thing gets all messed up. Yeah. And, and, and churches get all uh, goofy. I wanted to say screwy, but I don't know if that's right in church. But when things get all goofy, I said it anyway, but when things get all goofy, right? It's because we get involved and we mess things up. Uh, and and <clears throat> I'll tell you what, that, the preaching this morning spoke to my heart. Are you sanctified? Are you holy? Are you what God wants you to do so that you can minister? So that you can accomplish what God formed you and intends you to do in his church? Uh, to reach the lost? We better move quickly this morning. We're going to continue this next week, I think. <clears throat> Every one of us has an area that we need to be laboring. In our families... Uh, for those of us that, that work secular jobs, our workplace is a great place. Uh, it's an area of ministry, and, and uh, we all have, uh, we're all ministers. We have different occupations and different vocations uh, to support our ministry, right, to, to reach those people. Um, and we have an assignment in our ministry. Verse 26 says this, Even the mystery which have been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest, to his saints. And, and so listen, regardless of the specific area you have, uh, we all have the same assignment. 
to proclaim the mystery. And for us, that we're not, it's not a mystery to us. We don't, but it is to the world. And um, <clears throat> the word mystery, uh, this is pretty deep again. It, it means something that was once a secret but is now made fully manifest, right? Uh, a mystery. And I don't know if you guys read mystery novels or anything, and I don't, but uh, uh, the mystery was hidden from the people in the Old Testament. But it was revealed in the New Testament, and God had made it manifest to his saints in, in the latter part of verse 26 there. But Ephesians chapter 3, in verses 1 through 7, if you want to take the time to turn there, you can, I think helps us uh, understand this mystery a little bit better, um, <clears throat> at least for me. And it says in, in Ephesians 3, 1, it says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, uh, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, here it is again, whereof I have made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And so we know that this mystery has been made manifest. It's, it's, it's no longer a mystery, if you will, and uh, it's not concealed. And, and uh, listen, the mystery was not that the Gentiles could not, uh, or, or the Gentiles that lived before Christ could not be saved. They could. Uh, does anybody remember uh, Rahab? Uh, maybe Ruth, perhaps. Um, you remember of those people in the Old Testament that you hear of that, that received uh, salvation. It says um, <clears throat> the Gentiles who believed and accepted Judaism were proselyte Jews and, and oftentimes considered lower, right? And, and uh, even Jewish women oftentimes were considered to be lower on a lower spiritual plane. And, uh, and there was courts in the temple for that, right? Uh, the different courts uh, for women and for the Gentiles in the, in the temple complex. And uh, so both kind of considered farther away from God, if you will. I guess you can look at it that way. And, and uh, the mystery is that the Gentiles can become fellow heirs on the same level with the Jews, even with the Jewish men, the highest level, if you will. And uh, this is because Gentile and Jewish believers, as well as men and women, are all one in Christ. Um, Galatians 3, 28 and 29 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's pretty profound stuff. That really is. When you think about that and, and, and what God did in Christ to make us join heirs. And fellow heirs. Uh, it's an amazing thought. And, and the mystery uh, <clears throat> is also that God intended to make uh, the Jews and the Gentiles one in Christ. And uh, through, listen, through the New Testament saints. So God's going to do this through them. To whom God would make, this is verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in you, the hope of glory. 
The glory of the mystery is Christ lives in us who are Gentile believers. That's exciting to know. What a blessing. And uh, he's in us, uh, in the person of, of the Holy Spirit, and, and he gives us the hope of glory, which means the assurance of sharing in his glory. Uh, <clears throat> Romans 8, verses 16 through 18, remind us of this truth. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified Together, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We're going to lay it down right here uh, today. But, but when the Apostle Paul says he can glory in those sufferings and he's rejoicing in those sufferings, I believe it's because he understands Romans 8. He understood that the glory ahead and in, in the things that were to come were far better. Uh, this, we're just passing through. It's not my home. And listen, we need to be reminded of that. Um, we were talking, you get around young people, and, and I'll finish with this. And, and uh, you know, vehicles today are a status symbol. You know, oh, why do we drive such junky old beaters, Dad? Well, it's a tool. Uh, and Cindy and I had a conversation. We had a good time after we got home last night and shoved some pizza down the neck, and, and the boys went and, and, and messed around a little bit, and we just had some good time fellowshipping together. And, and it was good just to remind ourselves, these are tools. Uh, and, and listen, if we can suffer for Christ, joy. I don't know if it will happen in my lifetime, in our lifetime today, but it's coming at a greater level than we've seen it. Uh, in our American Christianity, I'll say in our American Christianity, it's coming. Uh, and, and Cindy and I talked about that a little bit last night, that, that we're so shallow and soft, and, and, and we think we're going to hold off what God has said is going to happen. You know, it, it, just foolishness. And listen, the assignment of every minister is to proclaim that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world and then rose again from the dead. That's our assignment. This mystery to proclaim this thing that, that through Christ we have access to God. Along the way we might suffer a little bit. And, and uh, so next week we'll pick it up and, and I'll finish out this lesson. But uh, I hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, I, sometimes when you're preparing stuff, you get excited. And I, I was excited as I was you know, finding these references. And the treasure of Scripture knowledge is pretty good because it, it helps you find things that maybe you weren't smart enough to do yourself. And and, when you, and, and so I hope you're enjoying this. Um, I'm enjoying teaching you guys, and I don't think I say thank you enough for sitting in here and listening to me, because I know you don't have to be in here. And, uh, but uh, I trust that God's working in your hearts, and that um, my prayer is that we would have strength in saints, the scriptures would be expounded, and the lost would be evangelized. That's my prayer for our Sunday school class. And so uh, would you labor with me? Uh, this is my ministry, if you will. You know, um, do your part in your ministry, uh, but let's band together and, and let's get together in this and, and reach the lost for Christ. Father, we do thank you for this day. We, Lord, pray that you bless uh, this Sunday school class and these people. I pray, Lord, that you use us to make a difference, Lord, in, in the life of, of believers, but also that souls will be saved through these people here as we go out into our different areas of ministry. 
Now bless the, the preaching this morning. We pray that you'd fill with your spirit and do a work in each and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen.